0: I love that section where we can stand and just greet one another. We haven't seen each other sometimes for a week or more, and it's just a joy to gather. The Bible calls us, do not forsake the gathering as some are in the habit of doing, but let us do this all the more, more and more as you see the day approaching, and we were to do that. By considering one another and stimulating one another to love and good deeds. And that happens at Veritas. Today marks the sixth and final message in a series called uh, Hope of Resurrection. And our passage will be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 50 through 58. So if you have your Bibles, please find your way there. If you do not have a Bible... Up front here, you can take a look. It's either white or blue. It'll be found in one of the benches, and we would like to give this to you as a gift. You'll find the text for this morning on page 560, and then you just follow those little numbers to verse 50, and we'll look at 50 through 58. So, for five weeks, we have been stimulated by and challenged with resurrection hope. Pastor Garrison has delivered cogent messages starting in chapter 15, verse 1 of resurrection is a reality, resurrection is found in Jesus Christ. Jesus came to die on the cross on behalf of our sins, was raised from the dead to vindicate his righteousness and to clothe us with his righteousness and to ascend on high and to reign over us, sending forth his Holy Spirit and granting us regeneration and new life and transformation and a hope, a hope that he is coming back. It's the gospel, isn't it? And Pastor Garrison has escorted us through 49 verses in five weeks. And I've been tasked to take the baton and go from verse 50 to 58 and close our six-week series on resurrection hope. So will you stand with me as I read this passage for us, will you stand with me in awe and reverence, and holy joy at the reading of God's Word. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting with verse 50, we read, Now I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. And we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable. And this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal... Puts on immortality. Then shall come to pass the saying that is written. Quote. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death where is your victory? Oh death where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore my beloved brothers. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Pray with me, please. Dearest Father, I now ask for unction, I ask for illumination, I ask that I'll get out of the way that these sweet and precious people will hear you speak, these precious words found on paper that will go into our hearts, that will transform our lives, that will give us tomorrows of hope until the sweet day that we see Jesus' face. So grant it for the sake of your reputation. Grant it for the sake of your congregation. Get me out of the way that we will hear your words of verses 50 through 58. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Chilling. Gripping. Heartbreaking. Yet, beautiful, stunning, heartwarming. The year, I think, was about 1994. And Lisa and I were in Montana, and I was in the pastorate about a year, year or so. News broke out in this small town. Fatal accident. Out on Highway 200, just outside of our little town of 400. The mother survived, and her twins, who were just a year old, were killed. Sorrow filled this little town. The day of the funeral, people flooding in from all area, all through this valley in Montana, into this small elementary school in a cafeteria, kind of an auditorium. It was time for the funeral. They asked me to officiate, and so I stood up, I walked to the front, I put my Bible down on the Podium. I turned to John chapter 11 and then lifted my eyes, and it was like a freeze frame. Right in front of me, front row center, is the mother. And her eyes weren't bleak. They were staring at two tiny caskets. And her eyes, pouring with tears. And yet, this was so stunning to me. I think this image will never leave my mind. Her face was warm. Her her face appeared soft. And yes, all the tears were streaming off of her face onto the ground. And yet, you could see a faint but real Smile. Smile. Two tiny caskets. I've never seen caskets that size in my life. How does that happen? What, what is actually going on at that moment? She believed. She believed that God is good. She believed that God does what is right and what is good. She believed that God is in control. She had resurrection hope. Even in the midst of death. Beloved, that is what this message is all about. Today's message can be seen on the screen and can be summarized in a few words. God gives us the victory that's the title of the message and that's the essence of the message god gives us the victory i borrowed that title you'll find it in the most precious book of your life 1 corinthians chapter 15 verse 57 but thanks be to god who gives us the victory there's the title: "God gives us the victory." Now, we have been listening uh, to Pastor Garrison and looking at the victory, the hope of resurrection, the resurrection itself, for five weeks. And it has been "Heart- Warming, Life-Stirring, life-steering. But what gripped me so much with verse 57 is it appears to me that this verse is almost the summation or the summary of this entire 58-verse chapter. It's the, the nub of the whole thing. And so as I was staring at it more, it, it struck me that there's a present tense to it, isn't there? God gives, gives us The victory. And so as I begin to ponder this more, pray over this more, study and think through this, it appears to me that the Apostle Paul is concluding this magnificent summit-like chapter on resurrection hope by talking about what victory is and what victory is For us today. So this message is going to come to you in two parts. The first one is, what victory is? What is this victory? And he brings forth four characteristics or four facets of this victory. We'll walk through those declaration of reality, this truth. This victory. God gives us this. Well, what is it? And then you will you'll sense a shift in the message. I'm just gonna call it a pivot. He's staying very close to the declaration, but then he kind of pivots, and then you're gonna hear, I pray, God calling each of you. A clarion call is gonna go out to you. And I pray that you will listen to this calling. That you'll step forward with this calling. You'll embrace this calling. And it's a calling to three radical activities. So four characteristics of the victory. Now, how does it penetrate and infiltrate today? Three radical activities. Let's take a look at it. God gives us the victory. What is this? Verses 50 through 53, we read these words. I tell you, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you the mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be all changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, trumpet sound will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable. We shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. The first characteristic of this victory is mortality is changed. It's what happens. Morality, not morality, (laughs) mortality is changed. I'm not quite for sure what's going on in the first century with Corinth here. Pastor Garrison picked it up in verse 35, where it says, but some of you will ask, how are the dead raised? And then here's this question, with what kind of body do they come? And so Pastor Garrison then started moving us exegetically through this passage. It's a difficult passage, and he lifted it before us of, after we die and we go to be with Christ, we still are incomplete we we need a glorified body and so that passage talks about what happens with the the dead and you're going to get this glorified body and and we looked at all of that but then in, in Corinth it seems like they're going oh okay i get it but but wait a minute there's got to be some people left on earth when christ comes back now remember they didn't have a very good for a look at creation particularly the body and so they're 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 getting kind of grossed out thinking well if he comes back then and and i'm left i haven't died do i just kind of step into the this kingdom that i'm inheriting in this new heavens and new earth in this thing (laughs) and he's going oh you foolish person don't you understand and then he goes into verse 50 Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom. And so now, 50 through 53, he's talking about those people who are left on earth, haven't died, who are believers in Jesus Christ, what's going to happen to their bodies? And he says, in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the trumpet call of God, Here comes the last battle. Christ is going to split the skies and those who are remaining will be instantly transformed from mortality to immortality. Perishable body, imperishable. This is evidence of the victory. This is a characteristic of victory. And this is a piece or a part of our hope in resurrection. And so this morning when I I woke up, and it was still dark, and I went to the bathroom, and I looked in the mirror. (laughs) Oh, good night. It's probably what you're seeing right now, but still, it was like, wow, good night. I need change. (laughs) I need to be changed. I look at my body, and it is wearing out, and we live in a fallen world where the curse is still here and relationships are breaking up, and bodies and brains are breaking down, and, and, and we need mortality to be changed. And I look at you right now. You need changed. You do, because we are all wearing out. This is part of the hope. Victory, characteristic number one, is mortality is changed. Then he starts moving into our last enemy here. He has this this vision, if you will, that comes out of a prophecy in Isaiah 55 that we read on the screen. You start looking down and it says, When the perishable, I'm reading in verse 54, puts on imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, Then, so you see the the when and the then, that's the second coming of Christ. Then shall come to pass the saying that is written in Isaiah 25, verses 6 through 8. And he quotes just a little bit of it. Death is swallowed up in victory. The first characteristic of this victory is mortality is changed. The second feature or facet of it is death is swallowed up. I could go back and read it. We just thought about it and read it on the screen. Back in Isaiah's day, 740 B.C., he gets this prophetic assurance that there's going to be a day, there's going to be a day when death, death itself, will be swallowed up. And on this mountain, this mountain is referring to some majestic garden-like reality. New heavens and new earth. There's going to be a feast. And there's going to be aged wine. And there's going to be a celebration. Never-ending, ever-increasing gladness in God right there in the garden forever and ever and ever. And there will be no more death all tears are wiped from our eyes this is a facet of the hope of resurrection and this death we will still go to funerals until this day happens you might even be taken to a funeral in a casket mm-hmm. there's still an enormous amount of tears waiting to fall from our faces mm-hmm but it's like a huge python just engulfing a big fat rat. One gulp, swallowed up forever. Never will you see death again. When this happens, death is swallowed up. Feature number two in this victory. Remember, God gives us the victory. The victory is mortality is changed. Death is swallowed up. And now as we keep reading, I'm going to skip verse 55 and go on down to verse 56. We're going to call this sin is overcome. You read about it here in verse 56. The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. And so when this victory is in its totality. When the consummation of the kingdom arrives and King Jesus is right before us forever and ever and ever, sin is overcome. There's no longer the, the tickling of temptation around us. There's no longer that besetting sin that keeps haunting us Each and every resolution we make, we falter. We're in this world. We have indwelling sin. And if you're like me, you absolutely hate it. Confess. You find fresh grace, fresh forgiveness, fresh hope, and there is a transforming effect of it. But we're not there yet, are we? We still sin. We still confess. We still receive forgiveness. We're still... Struggling and striving and growing, yes, but sin is still present. There's going to come a day, this victory, where sin is utterly obliterated. It's utterly overwhelmed. Sin is overcome. Third feature of victory. Our mortality. Oh, this will be good. We'll be swallowed up in immortality. And death <laughs> swallowed up in this victory. And sin, it's not going to be <laughs> it's such good news. It's not going to be, it's not going to be, it's not going to be. And the last one, we read it in verse 57. He just breaks out into this doxology, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory. And then this little phrase, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. The victory is Christ. Christ is champion. You heard one of our confessions. I loved it. Garrison, thank you for drawing us into confession and helping us put words around what we're hoping to communicate. And that is, we didn't even lift a finger for this victory, we didn't participate. <laughs> we didn't. We aren't the victor. We aren't the champion. But here's the great news: God gives us the victory. That's a that's a gift. We didn't earn it, right? We're we're needy, and we stretch out our hands of faith, and He here's a present: the victory. And we look at it, and we go. It's Christ. Christ is the victory. Christ is the champion. Christ is the triumphant King. That's the victory. Mortality is changed. Sin is overcome. Death is swallowed up. And there He is. The victory. And we are in Christ And we are given this victory. He did it for us. He transferred it all to us. That is victory. We are victorious because of the victor who is the victory, namely Jesus Christ. Yeah. So God gives us this that I just put before you. God gives us this that the Apostle Paul just wrote down, 50 through 57. That is the victory. What is this victory? The victory is exactly what is written in 50 through 57. But then Paul doesn't leave it there, does he? There's a thunderous therefore in verse 58, isn't there? There, There's an implication. There's a connection. He's pivoting now. And he's starting to move out onto Corinthian congregation. And he's starting to move out onto Veritas congregation. And he's sending forth a call, calling us into a radical activity. Beloved, we're talking radical activity. And so here it is. As I was reading this, I thought the radical activity started in verse 58. I was wrong. I was wrong because the Apostle Paul earlier in this, in this uh, letter said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so he's, he's doing something. This great victory has so overwhelmed his heart that it gives rise to a radical activity that we are to follow and so this is part of the calling on Corinthians, and this is part of the calling on Veritas. And you'll find it in, starting in verse 55. Paul talks about death is swallowed up in victory. He's thinking about Isaiah 25, verses 6 and following. And then his mind goes to Hosea verse thir- uh, um, chapter 13, and he kind of paraphrases Hosea chapter 13. And he's looking right at a grave. He's looking right at a grave. And, and the way this is written, it's lyrical. It's, it's, it's like music. And it's a, it's a taunt. That's the, that's the form of writing here. He shifts it. Our English Bible tries to grip it by changing kind of the, the format of it. You can kind of get that. And this is what he's saying. He, he, looks, at, he looks at death. He looks at a grave, he looks at two tiny caskets, and he says, and he almost sings over it, oh death, where is your victory, oh death, where is your sting, it's vocative. oh death, he's filled with hope here, he's filled with faith, and he's filled with joy. This is a song sung in unpromising circumstances to say it so lightly because some of you are facing some awful things, frightening things, things that look like this right here is just a fairy tale. It's not true because I can touch this, I can smell this, I can hear this. Listen, God gives us The victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, and here's the first radical activity. Sing! Sing! Have such an inner, abiding, deep joy that it gives rise to, oh death, where is your sting? It's like looking at a scorpion who doesn't have a stinger and you start laughing. You're going to hurt me? You're going to hurt me? The little bee starts buzzing right by your face. And you look at it and you go, where's your stinger? That's what he's saying with death. Now, he's not trifling with this agony and grief of death. But there's something so welling up in Paul and so welling up in Veritas's hearts That God gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, sing! And then, in verse 58, he says, Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable. So here's the second clarion call. I pray you're hearing God right now tapping on your heart and drawing you ever so closely to Him. He says, stand. God has given us the victory in the Lord Jesus Christ, therefore, stand. Be steadfast, immovable. Here we have a deep-seated, abiding hope. If the previous one was a deep-seated, abiding joy, now it gives rise to a deep-seated, abiding hope. We have a base. It's called the rock. We have balance now. And now the tempest and temptations and storms hit us. And, And we feel it, but we are immovable. We stand. That's an activity, and that's a call on your life. Yes, it can be frightening and intimidating in this world. And we can feel like our foot is just starting to touch that slippery slope called doubt that leads to a disappointment or a dejection of some kind that leads into a despondency of some sort. It is a slippery slope. When you just start touching it, think upon verse 58. Think upon the victory. Think upon the Christ and all that we've heard for six weeks. Recall it. Renew your heart. And stand. Stop being timid. Stop being afraid. Stop pulling back. Stop making excuses. Stand. Stand in the midst of anything and everything. God gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, sing. Stand. And finally, he ends this colossal chapter by saying, Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Did you hear the words? Always abounding. In the work of the Lord. The third and final clarion call. That lands upon your heart. That draws you into participation. Of this exaltation of the victory is. Serve. God has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore sing, stand, serve. Intermittently. 20% or so. It says always, always. And then this word abounding. Oh, do a word search on that one and you just can't sleep the next night. It's amazing. His grace and glory abound to us. And out of this, it's like a spillway. It, it creeps up and then it overflows. It abounds. It's excessive. Serving. That's what that is. The work of the Lord. Labor in the Lord. It's gospel reality. It's gospel intentionality. It's, 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 it's love for what God loves. And so stop being a spectator. Don't sit back. Do you know what's going on behind the scenes of a church plant? If not, go behind the scenes and sing and stand and serve. It's a glorious reality. When Brian comes up and at the end of each gathering, he puts out, as only Brian can do, a sweet invitation. Will you consider we're going to be meeting at, we need a little help with. It's such a sweet invitation. But sometimes I think we only think it's just a little idea. Underneath that, sometimes, not all the time, in his heart, he's just, just just pleading, please listen, we're dying. Yeah, always abounding in the work of the Lord as you hear invitations go out for gathering. Then when you go off into your city group, And if you don't have a city group or if you don't know what a city group is, see me afterwards and I'll tell you, I'll point to it and I'll invite you to a city group and you'll find great joy there. There are people who need your presence, who need God's grace flowing through you, abounding in the work. Get to know those people, serve those people, love on those people. And then you look around and you see, I live in a neighborhood and the neighborhood is filled with concerns. Those are invitations. Abounding. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Try something. Get radical. Try something creative. It's awkward. And and, and you'll kind of get into it and you'll go, I don't know. Hi, I'm Dan and I and we and maybe we could. I don't know, but do it. Trust him. Trust him. Take that step. Engagement with this city. The Victory Project, it was just on TV the other day. I so thought that I was going to see Josiah. This, this ministry is on the map, and it's really starting to impact. One of these ways that we can engage the city through Veritas, we've got three or four of these kind of ministries that we put before us. This is what the message is about. This is what the six weeks has all been about. Resurrection, hope, we can live fearlessly. We can live with felicity. That's, that's happiness and joy. We, we can live with just this assurance, this steadfast assurance. And now we take that stability and that sweet joy and we move it into people's lives, abounding in the work of the Lord. That is the message of 1 Corinthians 15. That is my attempt to land this immense jet of 1 Corinthians 15 onto the landing and park it. Now, we need to get out, and we need to live this out. God gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, sing, stand, and serve. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you so much for preserving this chapter, this letter, this glorious book called the Bible down through the ages so that we can hold it, we can listen to it, we can read it and study it, we can share it with one another. Thank you for sending forth your Holy Spirit that we can understand it. We can enter into the narrative of it. We can live in a new world, a different world in Jesus Christ. People will look at us differently. May it be so at Veritas. In Christ's name, amen.